Good afternoon again. My name is Glenn Parkinson, President of Canadian Club Toronto and your host for this afternoon. A warm welcome to those joining us online today on CanadianClub.org. And whether you're with us online or in person, our events rely on the generous support of our sponsors. And we're grateful to have Canadian Bankers Association back as our season sponsor, and Air Canada continues as our official airline partner. Thank you for your ongoing support. Canadian Club Toronto regularly invites young leaders to join our events, and today we've got a table from Metropolitan, Toronto Metropolitan University. Now, before introducing our speaker, I'll remind you that our events welcome questions. So if there's a question you've got about the state of entrepreneurship in Canada, use the cards on your table, and our runners will come and take the questions and bring them to the front. Similarly, if you've got a question online, there's a button on the right-hand side that says Submit Question, and that will make it to our team here, and we'll bring it up to the moderator. And now I'm pleased to introduce our guest of honor. Isabelle Houdon was appointed CEO of Business Development Bank Canada in August 2021, and has since dedicated herself to putting the D in BDC, and we'll hear a bit more about that today. Before joining BDC, Ms. Houdon served as Ambassador of Canada to France and Monaco, as well as Executive Chair and President of Sun Life Financial in Quebec. In addition to her duties at BDC, Isabelle is co-chair of the Ordre de Montreal's Council and a co-founder of the A-Effect. And she previously served as personal, represent personal representative of the Prime Minister for La Francophonie and sat on the boards of directors of Hydro-Quebec, Groupe Marcel, Holt Renfrew, and the Canada Council for the Arts. In 2021, Isabel received the insignia of the Commander of the Legion of Honor from the French government. She has also been honored with the Medal of the National Assembly of Quebec for her commitment to the cause of women's ambition and received the insignia of the Ordre de la Pléiade from the Assemblée Parlementaire de la Francophonie for her contribution to the vitality of the Francophonie. And I'm not done yet. <laughs> she was also the recipient of the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal for her contribution to culture in Canada and was awarded an honorary degree of law by Concordia University. Now, if any of you are suddenly feeling a little bit underachieved, um, <laughs> yeah, I suspect you're in good company. Um, joining Ms. Houdon in conversation is award-winning business journalist Amanda Lang. Amanda has been covering business in North... Yes. <laughs> Amanda has been covering business in North America for 25 years and is the host of Taking Stock with Amanda Lang, a weekly national television program. She was previously host of Bloomberg Markets and was CBC's senior business correspondent reporting for the flagship nightly news program, The National. She's a senior fellow at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy and is the best-selling author of The Power of Why and The Beauty of Discomfort. I will invite Ms. Houdon to deliver her remarks and she'll then be joined in conversation with Amanda shortly after. Ms. Houdon? The Canadian Club podium is yours. So thank you, uh, thank you uh, very much, uh, Glenn. Good day, everyone, and thank you for being here. 
And thank you to the Canadian Club for this very kind invitation and to celebrate entrepreneurs and uh, entrepreneurship. I want to make um, a few comments before I start. First of all, I want to say um, thank you for the presence of uh, Mike Peterson, our chair of the board, and also Sandra Basala, one of our directors on our board. Thank you very much for being here today. Uh, thank you for uh, our clients who accepted the invitation to be uh, here. We're very proud that you've accepted our invitation. And of course, our partners and my dear colleagues. Thank you very much. So I'm, I'm very glad that I'm here alongside to Amanda. I guess she has her own crowd and champion. And, um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but we're also here to celebrate birthday of Joe. <laughs> and one of my colleagues in the room will hope that I'm not going to sing uh, for your birthday because everyone will escape. And then I won't have the opportunity to address this room. Um, so before I get the pleasure of answering uh, Amanda's questions and your questions, I thought I should take some time to say a few words about BDC. Because although our role is highly important for the Canadian economy, it is not always and it is often not well understood by Canadians what we do every day. So let's start with some basic facts. The Business Development Bank of Canada, or BDC as we typically call it, is a crown corporation. It is fully owned by the government of Canada, which means we only have one shareholder. We were created in 1944, and we are now governed by the BDC Act, which gives us a commercial mandate. That means we are there to provide services that are relevant to our clients, services that meet real needs, that we can also derive revenues from so that we can generate profit and reinvest that profit to keep on doing more and better. So put aside for a minute or even more, the fact that we're a crown corporation. We think like a bank, we speak like a bank, we manage risk like a bank, so we are bankers. And I'm pretty sure that Sandra and Mike are smiling here. I say we are bankers, I did not say I am a banker, but I will include myself into that statement. BDC has the attributes of a very well-run bank. We are profitable and we are able to self-fund our growth. We don't get a dime from the government, but instead, we do pay regular dividends to our shareholders. Yes, we are a bank that sends money back to Canadian taxpayers. Indeed, over the past 10 years, we have paid over $1.5 billion in dividends to the government of Canada, including just a little bit more than 300 million in fiscal 24. One might ask, 
in a country known for having a very solid banking sector, what is the need for a bank like BDC? The answer to that question starts with Canada's small and medium-sized enterprises. SMEs are crucial contributor to Canada's economy. They are responsible for 88% of private sector jobs, and they generate more than 50% of Canada's GDP. SMEs is not important, SMEs important, sorry, is not new, and it's not declining. So it makes sense to empower entrepreneurs to maximize their contribution to our economy. And it makes sense to have a bank exclusively dedicated and focused on that. Not just a regular bank, but a development bank. BDC is there to develop the economy for the benefit of all Canadians, to spur competitiveness and the rise of Canadian champions, but also to encourage growth that is sustainable, inclusive, and fair. And so, we step in to fill in some market gaps, to address entrepreneurs' unmet needs. And we help a greater number of entrepreneurs grow and succeed by offering them financing, advisory servicing, and venture capital. To be clear, the Canadian government did not create BDC to take away clients from the other financial institutions. So that might be an exception where we do not exactly think like a bank. In practice, that means that we want to have an approach that is complementary. That means that we have a risk appetite that allows us to support entrepreneurs who may struggle to access capital otherwise. Indeed, close to 90% of our portfolio supports non-investment grade companies, much higher than what is observed at private sector financial institutions. Not only are we more inclined to take risks, our decisions are primarily driven by entrepreneurs' success, not by absolute profit. We are willing to be more patient and to be more flexible when that can contribute to long-term business success. And we are keen to bring in non-financial value in our relationships with clients whether formally through affordable advisory services that are specifically designed for SMEs' needs, or informally by facilitate, facilitating introductions, building networks around entrepreneurs, and at times even providing emotional support. This approach creates benefits for everyone. First, it makes a difference for entrepreneurs who work with us. Capital, advice, and connections are powerful growth enablers. Over the years, we have observed that BDC clients generally outperform non-clients in terms of revenue growth, employment growth, and survival rates. For example, 
The revenue growth of clients that received both financing and advisory services was 6.8 percentage points higher on average than that of non-clients after one year. And with regards to employment, growth was 2.2 percentage points higher for the same set of clients versus non-clients. Second, by helping entrepreneurs, we in turn create benefits for other financial institutions. In the long run, some of our clients grow to become attractive opportunities with risk profiles that will appeal to the private sector. In the meantime, we already work with financial institutions and partners to reach more entrepreneurs, as shown by the 35,000 indirect clients we supported in fiscal 23. And third, the BDC approach creates benefits for the Canadian economy. Right now, we support a total of 100,000 clients, and in the last year, we've carried 2,500 advisory mandates. Our committed portfolio stands at $52.1 billion, and our total venture capital commitments are now worth $2.5 billion. Think of this. 100,000 clients. That means BDC works with 1 in 12 SMEs across Canada. Our clients are considered to be responsible for 1.2 million jobs. That's nearly 8% of all private sector jobs. And they generate around 400 billion in sales, the equivalent of 14% of Canada's GDP. Of course, I'm not suggesting that BDC is directly responsible for everything entrepreneurs generate. But our support is playing a critical role for them. And by extension, we are having a direct impact on the economy. When I look at these numbers, I'm obviously proud of the work done by my colleagues and all the partners we work with. Not only do my colleagues play an important role with entrepreneurs, they have shown a constant determination to expand BDC's reach and grow its impact. For example, we now have twice as many clients as we had five years ago and more than three times as many as 10 years ago. In just the past two years, that number grew by 40%. And during those two years, the value of our total commitments are also, have also increased by 25%, and venture capital commitments also went up by 40%. These are numbers that confirm our ability to do great things, and to rally others to the cause of entrepreneurs. But I also see in them a call to do more, so much more, because it is in our DNA as a development bank. Since 2014, VC investment have grown annually at 22% compared to just 1.3% for the decade prior. Just wanted to share this data point for investment banker. 
um, it, it's quite amazing. And this is related to a high ambition of one of my predecessors that decided to build or rebuild the venture capital sector in, in, in Canada. Not that I want to steal um, any of your thunder, Amanda, but one question business leaders often get is, what keeps you up at night? Well, the truth is that I sleep very well. <laughs> and that I have to share also that I go to bed very early. On the other hand, I can share with you the thought that I wake up with every morning. And it's quite simple. How many entrepreneurs are we still collectively leaving behind? We asked entrepreneurs across the country whether they need more financing to grow their businesses, and hundreds of thousands of them told us they do need more. Our assessment is that there could be as many as 400,000 entrepreneurs in Canada with unmet needs that would put to good use the support BDC can offer. BDC has been around for almost 80 years. We have seen the Canadian economy go through its fair share of tough challenges. We have always been there to meet the expectations. That's one reason why I'm confident we can also rise to the challenge of supporting a much greater number of entrepreneurs. This is not a simple task and one for which we will need partners, we will need ambition, we will need innovation, courage, and, 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 and so much so. And I could go on for not ever, but with a longer list of what it will take. But the point is that I'm eager to take on this challenge and ready for my discussion with Amanda. Thank you. And we are very happy to take your questions as well. I think you'll find uh, that there are cards on your table that you can write on and um, Canadian Club um, volunteers will pick them up and bring them up here. If and when we get them, we'll incorporate them into this conversation. Um, Isabel, thank you for that. And it is, I think, a very timely um, opportunity to talk about entrepreneurship and the landscape in Canada because we, I don't want to say we face a crisis, uh, but we face a crisis. Um, we have a growth <laughs> problem in this country um, that we know uh, we know we have. It's slow moving, and we have a productivity and innovation problem. Mm -hmm. And you, of course, know better than anybody that this is the place that we can help solve it. So I wanted to start with this complicated question of the role BDC plays, because by definition, BDC, as you say meets the market where traditional lenders don't, um, and yet you have a fairly good success rate based on the dividends you send back to Ottawa, which suggests to me that the private market could also have a good success rate if it mimicked what BDC does. <laughs> uh, well, you're saying it, I'm not. <laughs> But, well, there's one big difference, though, and I've mentioned it in my open statement. Mm -hmm. First of all, we only have one shareholder compared to uh, banks and other financial institutions where they have way much more than one shareholder and a lot of pressure on profitability. Um, we, we take great pride in delivering profitability mm -hmm. as a bank. 
but we don't have the same pressure of delivering the same profitability. Of course, we take also great pride of sending back dividends, but it's not our first role and it's not our first mandate. We don't start the year saying, oh my God, we will have to send uh, or pay dividends to our shareholders. Right. So it's, the posture is slightly different. I've said that the BDC Act governs us with a, or gives us a commercial mandate, but there's also a social slash development mandate that other banks and other financial institutions don't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. The flip side, of course, of the question is, could your failure rate be higher? <laughs> In other words, could mm -hmm. BDC take more risks on more entrepreneurs that with a, with a because we know that SMEs and everyone in this room knows this, have a very high churn rate. There is a lot of success, there's a lot of failure. And that's just the healthy winnowing of a process. Uh, do you think about that, that you should be taking more risk? Well, to this question, I say yes. To have more failure, I say like, let's avoid that question. Um, failure, usually I'm not able to pronounce that word because it, it's not in my vocabulary and forget Shakespeare or Molière, it's, it's usually I don't pronounce this, though, though I, I do agree that it's our role to take more risks and different risks. So it's not just a question of more risk and I don't know if my colleague uh, Chris, our CRO, is watching uh, virtually, and I hope he'll agree with, uh, with me what I just said. It's not a question of just taking more risks, but it's probably taking different kinds of risks mm -hmm. where the traditional lenders, as you uh, call them, are not ready to do so for all good reasons that are theirs. So, uh, you see, when, when I, I, I remember conversation um, conversations, many conversations that I had with, with the board on, on the fact that should we be driven by serving more and more clients or should we be driven by the fact that we need to be there when a client needs us. And it's a little bit of combination of both. And I've picked the first one on wanting to serve more and more clients when I was exposed to our total addressable market, the 400,000 um, SMEs that we think um, need more help or support. How can we afford as a development bank not to address this market? Mm -hmm. So, but, but again, colleagues in the room will remember on and on what I've shared with them. It's not a question of just a commercial mandate to bring more and more clients. We need to bring the clients that need us. So it's just not a question of yes. numbers. It's a question of who we find and who we support. There's some clientels that are in the need, urgent need of our support. Are you finding uh, that group broadening in the way that I think we would all hope? Uh, in other words, post-pandemic, um, are you finding, because there's a, an awareness of um, entrepreneurship, I think in a new way with younger people, and there's a greater sense of inclusivity or an ability to find a place at the table. Well, Is it a bigger pool to, now than it was a couple of years ago? Well, the component of rebuilding an economy that is more fair and inclusive calls upon BDC's mandate to play a bigger role. Mm -hmm. That being said, uh, 
we're not there only uh, for, those, uh, for those clients. We have very successful clients that we serve and that often we serve with other financial institutions. And so there's a combination of clients that we serve that were there for different reasons. But back to your question on rebuilding a more inclusive and fair economy, that's where we need to play a huge role. We, we, we need to get to know where to find those, um, those uh, clients. Mm -hmm. We need, before offering anything to those clients, we need to develop and build the trust factor because often in front of those clientels, the trust between a financial institution and those communities is pretty low. So um, it's, um, it's, it, it's not an easy task, but one that we're well equipped to uh, attack. And part of your, uh, your mandate, your DNA, you, you mentioned that part of the thinking at BDC is not just the entrepreneur themselves, the SME, but the uh, economic landscape. In other words, the benefit to, to the greater economy. Mm. How does that play out? When you, because in front of your people, there is an individual, there is an idea. How do you kind of incorporate that notion of a greater good? Do you hate this question? No, no, it brings me back to my first few days at BDC back in uh, August 21. I remember it was one of the first meeting with my executive team. And I asked the question, like, are we here for the Canadian economy or we're here for the entrepreneurs? And really, the question was not to answer A or B, but it was to feed the reflection on the fact that, of course, we're there exclusively for entrepreneurs. But recognizing that when you do support those entrepreneurs, you have a direct impact mm -hmm. in the economy, and especially an economy such as the Canadian one. Living abroad for a few years, Amanda, reminded me, I, I don't know, when you live here, you, you don't think about the size of the country, you don't necessarily compare with, uh, with other countries, but I remember, in France, I was told so many times, like, it's amazing, Isabel, you live in the second largest country in the world after Russia. Honestly, I never perceived Canada as is. And then when you start thinking that in France, they're just, just a, a little bit, population is just over 60 million. Mm -hmm on a territory that is smaller than Quebec, the province of, of Quebec. And then you, you think about our population. All, all those uh, data points and factors says that calls for um, supporting way much more entrepreneurs um, and in a more dynamic, proactive way. I feel that we need to be there just a little bit more. So back to the question that I asked my colleagues, I don't know if it was half and half the answer entrepreneurs or country, but since then, we've the evolution of the understanding of what we do and why we do, especially the why, is the right combination of helping them, helping entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. but having a direct impact in our economy. Do you consider it at BDC a success if a client uh, graduates? To a, to a bank, to an investment, they leave you and they no longer need you, or do you stay with them all, all the way along? Well, that's why I, I, I did the little clin d'oeil with, uh, with, with a big smile, saying that that's where probably we don't think completely 
as a bank, and I remember my days at, uh, at Sun Life, acquisition of, um, of a client uh, was very important, but retention also was very, impo very important. I'm not saying that we're not deploying effort to retain our clients, but it's not as uh, key to our success mm -hmm. than other financial institutions. And yes, if they do migrate, with a better risk profile, more appealing to, um, to other financial institutions, we call this a success. Because at the end of the day, our success is the success of our clients. I want to actually get really granular right now, um, and that is just on the post-pandemic landscape, because we just saw data from the Restaurant um, Association, Restaurants Canada, I think, did a survey. Uh, and 51% of their members are near the point of failure, and that compares to something like, I forget what the pre-pandemic number was, but something like 14%. It was a dramatic increase of small businesses living on the edge. Now, we know, and when you look up the data, it's in, it can be reassuring unless you're a small business. Uh, a vast number of small businesses will and do fail over a five-year period, so it's not unusual. We don't need to, it's not a cry for alarm. But that 51% jumped out at me. Mm -hmm. Are those potential clients, or is it the business that comes up behind them? That's all of the above. All of the above. All of the above. And what's, um, what's new this time around with this crisis is something that none of the generations still alive and working today have experienced, whereby the challenge is the cost of doing business. There's not a lack of activity. There's no lack of uh, clients who want to buy more and have more services or buying more goods, mm -hmm. but it's all on the shoulders of entrepreneurs to find ways to um, not transfer all costs to their clients and to keep on doing business and, and delivering to their clients what their clients want to buy, services or goods. So. Uh, there's no blueprint on this. There's no playbook right. um, that has been written around this, but really the challenge, and, and I hope that entrepreneurs in the room will agree with me, and if you don't, be my guest and uh, disagree with me, but really the challenge today is the cost of doing business. And the, the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing is how can I keep on delivering on that long list of orders and clients, mm -hmm. but at a price that will stay fair for my clients also. With a high degree of uncertainty about how long that will last, presumably, uh, have you changed at, the, at BDC, have you changed your thinking around what's acceptable in terms of that uncertainty or uh, maybe running a loss for a longer period of time before well, inflation is here, it's quite intractable. We, we manage through a cycle, so we don't necessarily look at only 12 months. And, and we like to think about the risk profile and our um, performance through, uh, through the cycle. It's, um, it's, it, we're, we're com there's great interest there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, um, we're, we're, seeing, um, we're seeing the situation coming back to pre-pandemic numbers. So it's not worse than before, but we're getting back pre-pandemic numbers. Now, we'll see how this will evolve. But one thing that I shared with my colleagues and with the board is, um, what's most important for us is our agility. Mm -hmm. As a bank, 
and as a crown corporation or as a crown corporation and a bank, we're used to plan on 12 months and even five years. And um, in, in the actual uh, economic situation, 12 months can feel like 10 years. And we need to keep on being agile to be able to adjust and to adapt. We do have a lot of questions. Go I ahead. Introduce I'm some ready. of them. Um, uh, including, sorry, I'm, 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 I may just take them in the order that they've been handed to me. Uh, the loss of Silicon Valley Bank in Canada did leave a gap in this market. Um, one question is uh, what BDC is doing or can do to step in to help that customer base. Was that an immediate factor for you? Were you it, was, um, it was an immediate reaction from the market, an immediate reaction from our clients, and I'm so proud to say an immediate reaction from our team that mm -hmm. reached out to all our clients that we knew were tied in one way or the other one with that bank. And I have to say, and there's way much more experienced bankers in the room now that I'm including myself as a banker, I was impressed on how quick and fast the feds react, like over the weekend. We were getting ready to manage way much more anxiety and, 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 and also clients uh, not knowing what to do and how quick and fast the feds move, uh, manage the anxiety, but from a venture capital side, it, it does create, let's say, opportunities mm -hmm. uh, for a BDC capital, and we're assessing this. Now there is one big major bank that took over um, and, and that acquired the, the, the book of clients. So we'll see where, where the we're gaps called. Are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there is a question about the, the macroeconomic state and Canada's strategy uh, and what you think, it, how it'll shape up over the next sort of five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I want to actually, this is something I I'm, was curious about talking to you about um, that fits with this, which is there is some concern about our culture around entrepreneurism in this country. Um, really interesting recent writing um, that I was boring poor birthday boy Joe with um, uh, by Philip Cross around do we celebrate our business successes? Is, are people sort of embarrassed to be doing well at business? Are they apologetic for it? And do we need to think differently in Canada about our entrepreneurs? What do you see as this sort of five to 10 year outlook on that? Well, for sure, I, I hope that you feel the pride and the energy we put behind and beside all entrepreneurs. We, we, uh, we take great pride of their successes. Maybe we're not enough celebrating entrepreneurs. Maybe we're not enough being totally um, dedicated to entrepreneurs, and I'm not saying BDC, but across the country. Mm -hmm. One data point that I wanna share with you where I would tend to agree with your statement slash question, we see a decline of interest in the younger generation to become entrepreneurs or that have picked that route of being entrepreneur. It's a, it was a slow decline, but it, it, it's kind of um, quite a worrying mm -hmm. decline. And it's probably linked to the fact that we don't celebrate a decision going towards entrepreneurships versus working in the corporate environment and uh, serving a, a, a corporate or a big uh, global company. Yeah. Um, when another question that um, gets a little bit at, and we do have, we've got a Young, can I call you young? Young entrepreneur um, sitting with us. She's, uh, but she's younger than Everybody's young to me. Uh, 
but what a question about how you serve your clients, literally in the life of a day of a client. So I'm actually thinking maybe you're going to come up, but um, she could do a testimony. <laughs> exactly. What does that look like when you talk about you have 2,500 uh, that you're actually providing consulting services, advisory services to? Yeah, but at the end of the day, though, we have 100,000 clients. Um, the, the, the most often comment I receive from clients, um, and not always totally happy clients. That's always the first question when I meet with a client, like, are you a happy client? And I leave the door wide open to receive good comments and less good comments. And of course, when we decline a, a client, it's difficult for the client to be super happy, but we have a way of declining and, and coaching a client on what to do differently next, and, and, and maybe, and that's where advisory services could kick in at mm -hmm. bringing um, non-financial support. But the comment I receive the most often from our client is the caring component that we bring to our clients. And they say, and they are capable of comparing with other financial institutions because there is no way that they only have BDC as a financial partner to grow their business. And, and, and really also, I, colleagues, my colleagues in the room, they all had the opportunity to go and work in another financial mm -hmm. institution. Or they did, and they moved to BDC, or they did and they came back to BDC, but they all picked BDC because of the D in BDC, where we're not just a commercial bank, but we're there also to support entrepreneurs, and the caring portion is at the heart of everything we do. There is a question about uh, the challenges that women entrepreneurs face. Um, I don't know what the data on that is these days, whether- It's huge, yeah. it's huge. And, uh, <laughs> Mike would, uh, would smile and agree or disagree, but um, I don't know if you heard me before, I don't know if you read about me, but uh, I'm an activist on feminism, and um, numbers are showing that we're not doing enough to support um, female entrepreneurs. Some are saying like, enough is enough, we heard Isabel and you're doing enough, we're not. Like numbers, are there. Mm -hmm. We're not helping enough women entrepreneurs and not enough women entrepreneurs are coming to financial institutions to get financial support. They use their own personal um, finan finance means to, to, to grow their business and we need to be there upfront helping them and that's why we've launched last year about the same date the Thrive platform. Mm -hmm. Half billion dollars totally and exclusively dedicated to support uh, women entrepreneurs. So this actually goes back to the comment you made before, which is you, it's finding, it's, it's having the visibility with the Canadians who want to access you. If they show up at your door, you're there for them. But you need to, how do we do a better job of getting the young, the, you know, whatever group we think there should be more of. We found Adesola, am I pronouncing right? We found Adesola, not, um, not that the BDC found her, but we found her 
through a very, very highly strategic partner, Futurepreneur. Right. Futurepreneur is an organization on the ground knowing exactly who are those young go-getters who need help and financial and non-financial support. Mm -hmm. And because future entrepreneurs are totally um, proactive with us and bringing those entrepreneurs to BDC, that's why we're proud of saying that we're supporting this entrepreneur. But without Futurepreneur, we would not have been able to find Adusela. And I'm not too sure that she would have had trust in BDC as a partner. Well, well, well let her speak after. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I do know, because we chatted briefly about her path, that you filled a gap that wasn't available to her elsewhere. In other words, the banks were not signing up for, mm -hmm. uh, to support that business. You did, BDC stepped in. Uh, but in terms of increasing the, uh, the idea, I guess, the idea of BDC, um, is it high school students? Is it university? At what level do we need to reach? Uh, actually, I don't even know why I'm focusing on young people. There's lots of middle-aged and senior citizens who should be starting businesses as well in this country, not me. Um, but how do we increase the kind of mind share to say, the support is there, they want, to, they want to help you, and we need more of this. Well, I think that first we need to keep on celebrating entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. I think, and, and this goes across generations. So it's not a question of uh, uh, celebrating entrepreneurship at high school. It's as a country, we need to keep on celebrating and louder entrepreneurship. There's one week dedicated to small, medium-sized um, businesses in Canada, and it's in October. I always wonder, like, is a week enough? And should it be like uh, 365 days a year? Probably. We need to be more out there, BDC. The reason why I accepted this invitation is I realized that in some key markets, we're not known and we're not recognized as for what we do. Mm -hmm. So we need to get better at telling our story because we have a great appetite at serving more and more clients, but we cannot just sit there and wait for clients to uh, knock at our door. So, I, and, and thirdly, and I know that there's many entrepreneurs in the room, we need those examples of all of you uh, challenging, being challenged with many, many, many um, situations with, that you're dealing with growth and that you're bringing solutions and that you're not afraid of being afraid. It, it can be powerful for BDC to celebrate entrepreneurship. It will never be as powerful as having an entrepreneur talking about his or her successes. The role modeling is quite important. We, uh, we have to leave it here, but I'm gonna ask you to leave it because you did, you, you represented Canada on the global stage. You've uh, represented it in the highest levels of, uh, of corporate Canada. So you have a good perspective on how we fit and it's easy to be depressed about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I always say one good reason to live abroad is to understand that it's not what they think of Canada, it's that they don't think of Canada at all. Um, but let's be optimistic. What are you optimistic about when it comes to our role in the world and the role that you're playing and in making us live up to our potential, which we know we want to do? So, first of all, I was fortunate enough to serve my country in a country that loves Canada, 
but most importantly, loves Canadian. So I was fortunate to go through that experience where in France, uh, as soon as they heard my accent that you cannot detect at all, probably, <laughs> but as soon as they heard my accent or seeing my passport, they were all very um, supportive and in love with, with Canada. That being said, abroad were just a little bit too good Canadian to be as strong as other business leaders to win. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it, it's not a war, but it's highly competitive, first. Second, because we have that large country, we don't think enough about exporting what we produce. Um, and, and if we're not seen abroad, we will never be top of mind, neither. That being said, don't make the mistake of thinking exporting means US only. Uh, for some, um, some of the US cities, it's a longer um, destination than to fly to Europe. So that US country offers like half a billion potential clients, but Europe also. So we need to help more Canadian companies, and especially SMEs, to become global players. Because like, you can have very powerful uh, diplomats abroad, but if you're not their business leaders, then we will never get the recognition as a strong business community. And there's huge opportunities, of course, in the US, but in Europe, it's quite impressive. Think of the world. Think of the world. We appreciate your time today, Isabel. Thank you very much. Please join me in thanking Isabel Udon. Thank you. And what a, what a wonderful discussion. And Ms. Udon, thank you on behalf of Canadian Club Toronto. Um, for sharing your inspiring message of fair and inclusive growth. I mean, I, I really, uh, BDC plays such an important role in our economy and with entrepreneurs and with many yet to be reached. So I appreciate your powerful and inspiring message. And Amanda, thank you for leading such a wonderful discussion as always and being such a great and loyal friend of the club. We really appreciate it. Before we close, I'd like to mention just a few upcoming events that uh, you can find out more on canadianclub.org. Um, on September 26th, CEO of Alberta Investment Management Corporation, Evan Siddall, will be our special guest. And on Wednesday, September the 27th, the governor of Nevada, Joe Lombardo, will be here to share how Nevada is open for business. Please visit our website for more information. We hope you can join us. Thank you to our AV sponsor, VVC Live, for facilitating a wonderful online meeting technology today. And thanks, everyone, here for being with us um, and sharing part of your day. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you.